And so it is. Not to cut the music short, but so many questions, so little time. <laughs> and we've been ready to go. But I want to have a few comments here before we get into the questions. So one of the areas of fine print, when you say, yes, absolutely, I am the creator of my own life, when you take that responsibility, stop blaming others or, or parts of yourself, but absolutely, in this point of presence, take responsibility for your life. You could have an interesting reaction. You could stop and take a look around your life and say, I don't like what I see. I think you humans have a word for it that Sam is starting to use. It sucks. I <laughs> guess <laughs> oh, he uses some very bad language from time to time. So you could say, I don't really like what I see and I'm not sure if I want to stay. It looks kind of bleak. I must not be a good creator. And maybe it's time to leave. Maybe I'm just stuck in my little creations. Maybe it's not about everybody else. Maybe I'm just not doing a good job. We've sensed this uh, feeling in, in many a Chambra. So I bring it out now to say stop a moment before you make any big decisions. Of course, we're always delighted to see you back here. But before you make any big decisions, you're seeing your life and your creations in standard definition. You haven't gotten into the high-definition living yet. That comes when you're really the creator and accepting responsibility, when you're really starting to play with those energies, and they are very playful, and when you start bringing in new energy. That's when you're going to be in that high-definition kind of life. So although it may look a little bleak at times, or you might be frustrated with your own self, stop for a moment, because there's a lot of new coming in. And it comes in, it's been waiting out there, it comes in when you're ready to really live as a creator. And I'm going to add a little footnote onto our Shoud next month. One of the things I want to talk to you about is how and why you're sabotaging yourself. A few other points we'll discuss, but I want to give you a little, uh, what do they call it, a little heads up, a little trailer to say we're going to talk about how and why you sabotage yourself in your life. This will be one of those uh, very important points that you'll need to understand going forward. With that, let's take some of the questions. Okay. On many levels, I have a good life. Until recently, I was fairly financially sound, but not worse than many others. I just don't seem to have any passion for anything. I know what we've been told, uh, but it's been years since uh, any has been present. It's an individual process for me. A part, oh, I'm sorry. Is it an individual process for me, a part or a part of a collective issue? I know it's easy to say that one is simply not making a choice, but in the past, I've always had a desire for something before making a choice. But I don't seem to have any clear desires now. Will this pass? 
Yeah. I'm going to uh, keep my answers brief because Calder is insisting. I, I, I hope so. Indeed. So uh, I will refer back to what we discussed last month. The passion is in a different place, connect in a different place. You're going back to feel inside yourself, which is very good, but to say, where is my passion? Connect in a different place. It's absolutely there. There are many, many passions, and um, I don't want to get into specifics here, but you'll find it in a different place. So it's a good way of saying also expand your horizons because it's it's waiting for you. Be patient and uh, do some extra breathing here. You're getting a little impatient. Thank you. Hi, Tobias. I just finished creating my new um, website, and it's called hearthealingtechnique.com. And was that hearthealingtechnique.com? Yep, it was. <laughs> and I'm trying to give you a little promotion. I wanted to be here on the launch pad this month. Indeed. But that is not what I created. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, Do I, I have two questions, actually. My first question is about this. Is, do I still have some old stinking program that's stopping me from having what I want? Indeed. Uh, that's an excellent question because there is a big difference between creating your life and uh, making small decisions and having expectations. Now, who's not to say that this website is still not going to be very um, energetically successful in many ways? It's not contingent on a launch pad. The issue becomes when you try to put expectations on your creations that involve other people. And here you are involving many other people. So you're trying to say you're going to, you want to um, imagine this or this is what you want. But and as we said way back when in one of the, the lessons, when we were still doing those, is uh, paint with a broad stroke. Don't worry about the detail. Is it going to be on the launch pad or is this person going to um, come in and make an appointment with me or am I going to get the uh, specific funding? But keep it very broad and so broad that it's not even about how many people visit your website. You put out a creation. Get rid of the expectations. Is that website going to be going to be successful because there's even something beyond that website. You see, so you're putting your expectations on that specific creation, but over here in your blind side, you're not seeing that there was a, another birth that resulted from your website, a, a grander potential and something more, far more, how do you say, uh, encompassing or fulfilling to your soul self. So it's a good lesson for all of you. Don't get caught in the details and don't start getting caught in the expectations, especially when it involves other people. As a true creator, you begin to understand by putting a creation out in front of you, it's creating other things all around you. That's where it gets fun and and that's literally where Adamus is going to be going with uh, so many of you. Uh, into understanding how creation really, really works. So uh, I would suggest you also look in your in your blind side there because there's some other things happening as a result of this. Oh, thank you. Thank that, you. Good that's question. That's good news. My second question is very brief. It's about my daughter. I'm choosing the new energy, and she's choosing to stay in the old energy and self-medicate with alcohol and prescription drugs. Indeed. So... I would like to know if you have any, um, see any potential 
for that to shift? Uh, first of all, I'm going to ask you to absolutely honor her. It's an amazing creation. Uh, not very fun for the being and those around her at times, but an amazing creation. This is something we said years ago, but there are angels in human form who go to the extreme to see how extreme it can be, who go into the depths of darkness to see how deep it is. It's part of their journey, absolutely. It's not a wrong turn. Sometimes it's very deliberate. And uh, I can see, looking at your um, book of lives, that you've done that a few times too. Now, <laughs> but what is important here is for you to maintain your own balance and sovereignty because it's a lifeline for her if and when she decides to come out of it. You're, the, you're going to be the standard and the, uh, uh, the one who maintains that, that balance. So absolutely, I, I would like you to, to absolutely give her a call, go home or whatever it is and see her and tell her what an incredible creator she is. Indeed. What's going on with influenza? Why Mexico as the trigger and what will happen next? Is there something we should take into consideration? Indeed. Uh, this was mentioned by Adamas uh, in one of his recent shouts uh, here at the Crimson Circle where he talked about what's going to be happening in the world in addition to financial meltdown, political chaos, uh, wars in the street, burning of all the rest of these things he talked about. He also mentioned this, uh, this widespread disease. This is, by the way, this is not the big one. This is the little one. And what's happening with this, and it is, it's going to spread and it's going to do its thing, but what it's doing, and you all know this, I don't have to tell you the answer, it's building awareness. It is getting governments and media and the medical community aware because there are going to be one and possibly two more very widespread um, type of, uh, it wouldn't necessarily have to be an influenza, but that's a, that's a good way to spread these things. It's, it's a, as much as it is a physical virus, it is a virus in consciousness. As much as it is something that makes people ill, it's also shifting consciousness. This is how humans are choosing to do it. It doesn't have to be done this way, but it's changing the world. So, uh, why it started in Mexico, because, uh, not to pick on Mexico, but there were weaknesses there. But in Mexico, you have an interesting dynamic. You have some very, uh, challenging energies, as you know, uh, corruption, uh, violence, uh, hatred, and but you also have a, an opposing energy, well, let's not call it opposing, but uh, another energy that's seeking resolution. And you don't have this in a lot of countries. You might have a very negative, but you don't have something to, to create a balance or a, a pathway. So particularly for those Chambra and light workers in Mexico who are doing your work, you're the ones actually uh, bringing about the potential of change that's occurring right there. So what you're seeing right now is it spreads around the world and it will continue spreading and continue, it will draw more media and government attention than actually it will draw uh, disease and sickness and death with people because it's getting ready for the next one and possibly one more after that. So um, take a deep breath and bless it, and, and it's doing what it needs to do. Hello, Tobias. 
Um, I've had a very rough year. Um, my son, who was 23, was killed about a year ago. And I've been going through a lot of soul searching, uh, trying to make sense out of something senseless. Uh, essentially, I've been going spiritually mad. Um, you know, I want to believe that there's a life after death, but I'm not getting anything, I'm not connecting with anything, I'm not seeing any signs. Um, my question for you is, why was, you know, why did he die at such a young age when he uh, had so much he wanted to do in this life? And what's he doing now if he is somewhere else? Uh, you know, I'm questioning whether death is it or it, there's something beyond that. Did, um, let me put part of it back on you. Um, why do you think, no, why do you feel, why do you know that he left the way he did? I don't know. Accident or choice? Well, it was an accident. Was it? Yes. Really? From what I know. I'm going to ask you to take a look at not just the what appears on the surface, but what comes from the soul. And uh, while we're saying that, he, at a soul level, has been trying to contact you, but your own grief and your own anger are interfering with that, and you're also trying to look at him like you looked at him before, but he's different now. It was a choice. It was an absolute choice for a variety of reasons. There was no mistake or there was no accident in it. So the true challenge back to you is can you accept that? Can you accept that a soul would have made that choice? You know, at a soul level or divine level, whatever you want to call it, all of this commotion on the human level doesn't make a lot of difference. The soul knows there is absolutely no such thing as life or death. It doesn't differentiate. It just is. The human perceives something as death when it leaves the physical body and generally returns back more into its more natural form, non-physical form. But the soul doesn't look at it as life and death. It sees it as experience. Humans tend to look at it as, as life and death and as misery and as difficulty because, and you may not like this and many other Shambhan might not, because it's drama and it's a game and it's fun to play. And by playing those games, even games of depression and anger and violence, not pointed towards you, of course, but to humanity in general, it reminds humans that they're alive in a very odd way, very twisted way. But depravity and pain and anguish are as much a reminder to you that you're alive and you're here as does joy and happiness and expansion. But unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I guess the way it is, many humans are allowing things like drama to make them feel alive. There was no mistake here at all, no matter what the surface tells you. And there's no death as well as there's really no life as you would define it. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. He's He's been around you a lot but you're looking back in the wrong place. And he wants to share the beauty of his experience with you. He has shared it with you, but you don't want to look at it. 
So he and I are asking you right now, why continue on like this? Why go through the anguish and the unhappiness? It's actually, it's actually weighing heavy on him, and he doesn't feel that way at all. And again, Calder is very uncomfortable with our line of discussion here, but that's okay. That's his game, <laughs> not mine. He's laughing right now. He's, he is here with you, and because it's one of the first opportunities to make a connection, he's smiling and he's laughing. And you're saying, but how can you do that with death and with something so traumatic? It's not that traumatic. It was a choice. Can you accept that, that he's fine, absolutely fine? Can you accept that? That's the hard part. That's the hard part. <laughs> but at you. least you're laughing. Thank you. And let him, let him come in and talk to you. Tobias, I'm a bit confused about the role of our belief, that our beliefs play in the state of our physical well-being. Let's say two people with headaches are given generic-looking pills, and both are told that the pills contain a pain reliever. In reality, one pill is a placebo sugar pill, and the other contains cyanide poison. Both people believe their headaches will be relieved by taking the pills. Perhaps the person taking the sugar pill will actually be relieved of their headache because they believe they were taking a pain reliever. But the other one will most likely die, even though they fully believe they were taking a pain reliever. Actually, if they die, it is a pain reliever. Um, <laughs> I read that three times before I ever saw that. How do beliefs affect reality creation in this situation? Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, I can hardly top that. Uh, <laughs> because people don't believe their beliefs. Uh, that is why. Because uh, if one really believed in themselves and their creations, it wouldn't make a difference if they were drinking gasoline or water. Uh, if they were so centered in themselves and their body was so focused and tuned in, body the body absolutely knows how to eliminate or get rid of things that aren't appropriate for it. It knows how to repair and rejuvenate itself, to grow limbs and all the rest of these things. But what's happened right now is belief systems have become so thinned out uh, that there's no belief in belief systems anymore. So. They, they become generic, watered down to where things like the Sinai would affect the person because they're basically accepting the belief of what's been embedded into this compound called Sinai. So it goes to say that belief systems are very important and as the owner, as the sovereign being, you can have your belief systems work for you, not against you. Uh, the, the, the greatest beings, the Ascended Masters, develop and have developed belief systems, but they know it's just a game. They know they can create it and uncreate it at any time. They use belief systems like, uh, like you would use dollar bills. Tobias, hmm. I have a question. Um, since my father passed away, my life has been coming up with bumps and there's always walls that I feel that he has been forming in my life to make me unhappy. Hmm. I'm wondering if possible when these bumps will go away and my life will be coming happy once again. Indeed, yes. There's been a lot of manipulation here and a lot of 
a lot of very difficult, challenging energies. We can see a lot of darkness in it. And what's coming from you, not him? You're the one plaguing yourself under the pretense that it's him. His energies are floating around a little bit, but they're not nearly anywhere as devastating as your own. That's why we're going to talk about next month sabotaging yourself. And um, you're a good example here of it. So you have to you have to determine a it's not him because you're giving that all that power to uh, you can call it an aspect of him but it's really yourself you're giving that to him second of all i'm going to invite you to say why are you doing that to yourself it's the sabotage thing if i'm going to ask you to contemplate it this during this next month and we'll talk more about it next time but why would you do that to yourself why would you give that uh, power to somebody else who is really yourself, why would you let it sabotage you? So what's holding you back, I ask you? The core system. <laughs> the core, core system. So we'll talk more about that next month. But it's, um, oh, there's a lot of issues, but they're common to to Chambra, lack of self-worth, uh, feeling that, uh, here's the big one, feeling that if you're really set free as a creator, I mean, you can just create what pretty much what you choose to create for yourself, not for others, that you're going to do something really bad because you have, uh, all of you have, because you have and you told yourself that I will never, ever do that again. <laughs> now you have a vow and it's an aspect that is created out of the vow and you're not going to do it again until you disavow, until you let it go. But right now it's at work for you. You created it. It's loving. It's serving you. It's on its hands and knees serving you. I will screw up your life so you never have to do that again. You see? So take a deep breath and decide when you're ready to disavow. Let that, let that one go. In this new energy, um, I don't want to go off too far here, but in this new energy, you almost can't do wrong. In other words, it it will come back on you. If you decided you're going to take uh, some of the, these wonderful teachings and use it uh, as black magic against others, it won't work. It used to work. It won't work now. So get over the fear that you're going to do it wrong. Just do it. Thank you. Hello, Tobias. Um, first of all, um, I'm 19, and I was raised evangelical Christian. Mm. And I'm just moving away from that and trying to find my own path. And my parents don't really want me to. And they're having... <laughs> I'm having trouble with that, and they don't understand. They won't release me to find my own path. So my question to you is, what do I need to do to let them understand that it's okay and I need to be on my own path? And, yeah, that's my question. Indeed. Excellent out. <laughs> <laughs> I already have. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and by the way, we appreciate you being here and your question. And uh, you and I have had some talks quite recently about things. So the uh, part of it is you holding back. You're not quite so sure because it, it's letting go of a certain amount of comfort. And also, you've heard the, the stories that uh, if you go outside of the fold or outside of a certain belief system, there's a lot of dark energies out there and you're being lured. So 
you maintain kind of a check and balance with yourself by venturing out a little bit, but still knowing that, because they are a safe space for you indeed, uh, knowing that that safe space is there. There is, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is absolutely honor them for their beliefs. Absolutely honor. And, and I know you do to an extent, but uh, I know what it's like to be uh, your age. It's been a couple thousand years, but I remember <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. And I know you start to feel that you've gone beyond them, which you have in a way. But honor their beliefs. That will give you a better understanding of yourself and them. And then basically, to put it uh, quite candidly, there's nothing they can do about your beliefs. They, they are that they are. But the more you honor them, the more they're actually going to honor you. That's the way energy works. Uh, you've set out a, a wonderful uh, – looking at because uh, you're allowing me to look – I'm looking at your own life path that you have set up. Not the details, but your, where you're going, choosing to expand to. You've set out a very wonderful um, type of path for yourself so, to the point where you're going to be enjoying these years ahead. You're not going to go through a lot of challenges and difficulties. Once you make this final total honoring, total compassion, and, uh, and by the way, n- nobody can ever take another's beliefs away or their wisdom or their education or their knowledge. So nobody can really take it away anyway. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Stephen. Hi, Tobias. Hi. (laughs) The last couple of months, I went through a very deep crisis without any specific reason. Mm. I actually had a very privileged life. Mm. Everything dissolved from the inside out, and I experienced experienced, um, a vast emptiness and void and lost interest in everything. And there was a very deep suffering, like overwhelming suffering. So my first question is, for my understanding, what was that, mm. especially this suffering part? Didn't we, um, let me answer that right. first. Didn't we talk about that in Sedona? You did, and I, I remember that. Yeah. But then I hoped you were talking to li- the light workers and not to the Shambhas. <laughs> <laughs> And you said it, it will be short, but it felt like eternal. It was long. Still? Okay, yeah. good. Um, well, apparently you believed me in Sedona. <laughs> and I was talking to all – I was probably more talking to uh, Shamber than anyone about uh, – you go through that very, very difficult spiritual crisis just when you think you've gotten through it all, just when you're starting to feel very landed or very grounded, and then it comes along. It it, it hits hard, very, very hard. It takes you to the absolute depths, and that's kind of the key. It takes you to the absolute depths, gets you into the deepest areas you haven't opened up before, haven't dealt with before, and it can feel awful. It can feel... Worse than death, as, as you know. So you gave yourself that, and uh, it, it is behind you. You're still, how to say, healing and mending from it, but it, it is behind you. You can 
be relieved in that. And you'll personally not go through another one like that. Oh, what a blessing. Because yes. my, my second question was but, to but avoid. But it also makes you, by the way, makes you a wonderful teacher. And I, I would encourage you to share more of this with, with Shambhur Lightworkers in, in general because, as you know, you are a good teacher. And you go out there and do these things, but now, now you have the experience with you. And to move forward, what is the most important thing for me to know? I'm going to make a, a rash statement here, and uh, Calder is double-checking my information, uh, but uh, no need because I, I can be very clear. Um, <laughs> and this may not sound highly metaphysical, but uh, a move, a move, hmm. physical. And I don't say that too often. Usually I, I say quite the opposite or at least tell people it doesn't matter. But in your case, uh, I move. And um, well, we can talk, um, you and I, later, later on. Yes. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you. Um, hello. Mm. Thank you for everything today. You said wonderful things that... Uh, Struck lots and lots and lots of chords, and I almost didn't make it, so that's why I did. Um, but something very, very important to me are two little boys um, that have taken some uh, very strong steps uh, towards, I hope, protecting them or ensuring them a better life. And uh, how's that going to go? Hmm. Not very well. Not the way you're going after it. Yeah. Yeah. Um too much, uh, you know, we talked about King Arthur today mm -hmm. and about King Arthur uh, taking responsibility for himself and his own divinity. Uh, but what undid him was also trying to take responsibility for everyone else. Now, I know it's very difficult because you look at these as beings that you brought into earth and, and are responsible for, but there's too much protection energy here and not enough... It's stifling to them, and, and it's, it's wearing hard on you. Don't look at them as your children. Don't look at them as young ones anymore. They are, they are mature soul beings just like you. One of them has had more lives than you, and should actually be the parent here in some ways. When you release some of that heavy burden you're carrying, you're going to really see who they are. You're going to see they don't need protection, and they don't need uh, they don't need you shaping their lives. They need you encouraging uh, at the level of their soul passion. You need they need the inspiration, the motivation, the encouragement, and more than anything that you haven't been doing. Safe space. They don't have a safe space right now, so. I'd like you to take a look at those factors, and uh, it's going to release a lot of very heavy energy that's built up. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Just a couple more questions, if you could, you know. I'm fine. Keep I only it have snappy. until July 19th. So. <laughs> Hi, Chibais. Can you appear? Um, I would like to talk to you about, uh, in January you mentioned the worldwide weather mm. and we've been getting together with a group of about five people since then from all over the world. We've created a little safe space in cyberspace mm. where we share ideas, talk to each other. 
and each brings in his own expertise and its own in uh, um, one thing is the astro- astrological way of looking at the weather using astro- astrology mm-hmm. to predict the weather which is for me was quite new but there's one of us who is really good at that uh, another aspect is the nature spirits working with weather divas communicating um, from the beginning the idea was to uh, come up with a website eventually we haven't done it yet but uh, we're still sort of uh, within ourselves, within the group, building the energy. And I would like to know your uh, mm-hmm. perspective on this and if you have any hints on uh, how we can take this to the next level. Indeed, I do. And, and the work here that's developing, uh, it's, it's going in the right direction. But uh, I'll add a few of my own comments. Uh, one is to track uh, things like um, uh, when records are broken. Uh, because some of the information that's going to be useful is that this is the the year of weather, particularly, as I said, the second half of the year. But also start tracking news events, uh, things that happen in the news with weather. Now, there's not a direct correlation, in other words, the weather on the day the event happens, but there is a, you'll start to see the pattern develop. So just create a timeline and start drawing in things that happen on these days. You're going to see, for instance, a a direct correlation between a news event and an earthquake or something that happens in the world like this flu epidemic and weather patterns. And when you collect enough data, you're going to be able to substantiate it and you're almost, uh, for, for many, you're going to be able to prove the direct correlation between events and weather. Then, one step deeper than that, you're going to start taking a look at consciousness. Now, that's more difficult because there's not a consciousness meter on Earth as of yet, or not a reliable one. But use some of your own general ways of testing consciousness, whether it is through, um, what you say, the muscle testing or things like that, that help you to understand where it is. Now you're going to see this phenomenal thing where You know, so many scientists say the weather is unpredictable or chaotic only because they don't understand what drives it and they don't understand the forces behind it. So, yes, indeed, start looking at that. Look at the movement of the magnetic poles and also the the variance or the changes that are occurring right now in the gravitational energies of Earth. Once you start putting all these together, you'll very clearly see the picture and uh, it'll make an amazing um, book or books, uh, amazing workshops and discussions or videos or whatever have you because it's something that a lot of humans actually sense. They know, but they don't know how to quantify it and that's pretty much what you're doing. Um, The astrology plays in, but only to a degree. And the problem with astrology right now in many cases is that it uses old energy formulas. When you use astrology on what you would call a new energy or higher consciousness person, you'd have to start adding in other variables, but uh, right now the astrology has somewhat of an impact, but it is not the driving force behind weather. It is consciousness. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Tobias. 
Uh, I felt a great deal of relief in January when you talked about the oversoul rejecting and resenting uh, its wounded aspects in uh, some instances. Indeed. And then in March you addressed the issue again and said that it's the human entity that makes the choice and the soul honors the human choice. And I'm, I'm sure there are many variations on the decisions that are made, but I'd like you to address my particular issue, whether it was me as a human that made that choice or a soul, my soul. And then, um, and I was wondering if it has anything, my individual choice had anything to do with bringing into mass consciousness the abandonment trauma that occurred when we came into duality and left the soul in a cocoon to, to go within. Hmm. Indeed. Now, I'll try to keep this very simple, and this is something boy, we, we could talk about for a long, long time, but the, let's, ta- let's take a look at, and let's take it out of this uh, uh, story, and let's put it into spirit and you, the God source or essence, whatever you want to call it, basically gave you, birthed you. And, and you are spirit, but it gave you a unique identity as yourself and said, go forth, do anything you want. Ultimately, you'll discover you are the same as me, but you are unique. You have the same uh, creator abilities. I will never stand higher than you. Right? Spirit saying this. And I'm oversimplifying, of course. You have the same abilities, and what you have that's different than me is the collection of your own experiences that are uniquely yours, even though I can feel them and know them. So you said you can do anything you... Spirit said you can do anything you want. And you went out there, and at some point you, like many others, rejected Spirit, said God is dead, or there is no there is no God, or I hate God. Now the moment you say that, there becomes no God, because God is absolutely in compassion and responding to everything that you choose. And you would be choosing to say there's no God. If you're angry with God, God will go, God will play right along with you and let you be angry. And God will play the role of saying, yes, I created this miserable life for you, make you suffer, be angry with me. It's the same in the relationship between your soul self and what you call your human self, and saying that uh, you resent uh, the the higher self. And there is a, there are abandonment issues. If I have a spirit, if I have a soul, where is it right now? Damn it, I've called on it. And it plays that game with you, and it goes, okay, I'll go hide for a while. You see, it's here all the time, but it's just this wonderful, beautiful game experience that's being played. So, literally, there is no differentiation between what you perceive as the human self and the soul self. But this division is created, the abandonment issues and everything else. But in the end, it doesn't matter, because you are that you are. You are your soul, your spirit, yourself. You're not just an insignificant human. Spirit turns its back on you when you ask it to, and it does it very well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this I uh, would love to talk a lot more about this, but uh, time is running short. Maybe St. G will, huh? Um, yes, and, and perhaps uh, one of you will take up uh, the book, God Hates Me, subtitled Because I Hate Myself. <laughs> oh, all these books and 
So little time. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tobias. This is Janet Lee. And um, I really appreciated your, you know, I did that meditation where you were teaching us about going into feelings, and so mm-hmm. I decided to go into the void, remember? Mm-hmm. And I got this huge reptilian eye, mm-hmm. and I thought, what is that? Mm-hmm. And you really, really helped explain that. So, but I thought, I'm going to go there again just to see what I can pick up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went again, and I did pick up some more. It was almost like, it was almost like a knowingness that was like a mist. Mm-hmm. I picked up a little bit more information, you know, beyond what you told me. But then all of a sudden, this light came from a distance, and it just came right at me, and it went right through me, down through me, and into the earth, and it hit a crystal in the earth. And I could hear, I couldn't hear the sound, but I could feel the sound, right? But, and it finally translated in the note of B. Sweetie, what's your question? <laughs> so I'm just asking you, now what was that? Oh, I, I couldn't possibly answer that for you. Oh. Uh, I, actually, I could, uh, but I choose not to, because uh, it is a beautiful experience, I, and it was it was a beautiful experience. But I don't want to open your Christmas presents for you. Oh. You see, now what I would like you to do is is, and you already know, you just you want validation uh, of what it is. True. Yes. I yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Uh, it's cool. nice to have validation sometimes. Indeed. So uh, validate yourself in front of everybody. What was going on there? Um, that there evidently, you were saying that the reptilian, there's a part of me that has been there, mm. done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a part of me that um, can attract the light, I guess, and learn from it. Mm-hmm. And? I'm still learning. Mm. Mm. I'm so tempted to open your Christmas present for you. Oh, do I, don't I? Do I, don't I? Everybody's saying do. Yeah. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Oh, do, TikTok. don't do, 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 do. Okay. Well, I, I will give you the symbolic meaning behind it. And, and again, I encourage all of you, always keep it simple. If you get too complex, you, you lose the meaning here. Uh, it was that part of yourself that. Uh, those energies that you had dabbled with and that were part of you that were transmuted from uh, from something fearful or something dark or negative, that part of you, and it was transmuted into wisdom. So it no longer is separate. It was the integration of your aspects. And you were feeling it by this feeling of light going down through the earth, meaning it grounded you. Uh, it wasn't necessarily literally into the earth, but that's how you interpret it symbolically is, is grounding yourself, touching the core, creating this beautiful resonance that said, got that one integrated. You see? You. Absolutely. And, uh, I'll give you the wrapping paper back. <laughs> Last question. Hello, Tobias. Thank you for answering so many of my questions today during the shout. Uh, but I do have, I have one left over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, probably have many, but this is the one that's burning. I'm really looking forward to being a gritty chambre and working with uh, Saint Germain, mm-hmm. creating. Uh, my really? most, pardon me. <laughs> really? I have my most passionate creation. I have many creations that seem to be all flying around the air these days. Uh, but my most passionate is a business uh, that I created a number of years ago, I believe, with much of your help. Mm. 
And um, it seems to be in kind of a lull at the moment. And I believe that it is preparing to move on to a new level. And I would really love to hear from you if you have any information for me about what I need to be doing between now and perhaps the end of the summer, mm-hmm. possibly beyond, if there's any uh, direction you can give me on that. Yes, um, looking at the energy of it, uh, for one thing, it's... Um, well, how to say this succinctly? Uh, I wouldn't make any major changes uh, to this, to what you're doing, until after, oh, let's say sep- about September 18th, uh, and that, not a mystery date by any means, but uh, just looking out into the energy. So don't don't try to do any major changes. Rather, let it change itself. You see, you've created this thing. Creations are yours, but they also in the same love that Spirit gave you total freedom, give your creations freedom. Allow it to do its cycles and its spinning and everything else because it's going to the next level. You don't have to control it or manipulate it or, um, how to say, uh, try to um, try to package it up. It, it's going right now. So it's like it's in the oven of grace cooking. Uh, and it's it's um, it's got an interesting kind of a sourdough mix, so it's just it's just working away. Bless it, thank it, and let it let it do its thing. While in the meantime, you you stay there as a, as the gentle shepherd of it. In other words, letting it know that uh, it's still loved and wanted, and you want to play with it in your life. So let it let it just do this for a while, and watch what happens after after September. Nope. <laughs> and I don't want to give the information right now, and of course I won't be here later, but uh, uh, it would be very difficult to try to predict. It, let, me, let me put it to you this way. You're very connected with its energy. Is that not true? Very. Okay, very. Now, so why don't you tell it right now, your creation, you say, let me know in September, if, if not sooner if you're ready, but... Let me know the the um, energies that are involved here, so then I can make the decision and the choice where we're going to go with this. Let me know what the potentials are. Let me know what the uh, the the energetic needs are. Let me know how far this can expand. Mm-hmm. It will respond to you. Just um, it's your creation. It will be happy to come back and say. Yes, here's here's where we are. Here's what what I've been working on for you. Talk to your creations just like you would talk to your friends or relatives or or your pets, um, because they carry actually a closer energy. They're really here to serve you and your friends and family members and not so much pets, but friends and family members. That's questionable. So um, talk to it. Treat it in the same way. It'll it'll give you the information right back uh, at the appropriate time. So thank you. And with that, speaking of last questions. So we're going to gather next month, and uh, I will keep the message somewhat short, but uh, I say that and it doesn't happen. I know there will be a lot, of, a lot of questions, and it will be um, a sentimental moment for us. So it will be the last questions and answers in our ten years of Shouds Together. So I would uh, like to make a request that uh, that we develop a, a system for doing this. Whether you draw numbers out of a out of a hat or 
out of my sandals or whatever. And uh, because, uh, first of all, there's an energy that's involved here, and we're trying to be fair to everybody. And historically, whoever, whoever gets that opportunity, you're asking the last question on behalf of all Chambra for history and then beyond. So it better be good. <laughs> and so it is. And so it is. Mm.